started this year with a new series on what we called self-management, managing you. One of, the, one of the cool things about following Jesus is that it's one of those rare opportunities in life where we get to set our own agenda and we get to manage ourselves. No one else can get you in the Word of God on a regular basis. It's you. No one else can, can guide you in your worship of the living God, honor Him in the way you should. No one else can say, you know what? I can't live the Christian life alone. I got to get involved with someone. I got to get connected. No one else can, can prompt you to serve. You got to decide that in your heart. No one else can force you to share the message of Christ. That comes from you. We get to manage ourselves. And in one word from Scripture, that is called stewardship. Now, a lot of times when we think about stewardship, we just, we, just, we, we just shrink it down to money, and that's not what stewardship means. It actually comes from a word in the New Testament that means a, a house manager, one who manages affairs of a house. Stewardship, our definition is this, is recognizing that God owns everything and entrusts us with time, with talents, and treasures to wisely manage for his glory. Last time together, we talked about time and how we need to manage our time well. Today, we want to talk about our talents. Now, let's just review real quickly about what we talked about last time. Uh, we, we said that a lot of people divide their life into these two categories. Uh, there is the secular, right, and the sacred and so we live, we feel like we live in one of those categories. And so the secular is our job when we go to work on Monday morning. And our secular is going to school, if it's a public school or a college. Our secular is a social interaction with those, our friends, hanging out with our friends. Secular, again, all those things out there. The, the sacred is our Bible studies we're involved in and our, our morning devos that we do. And when we come to church together, we say this is the, secular, or the, uh, the sacred time. I hope you don't say it's the secular. The sacred time, right? This is the sacred time. But we said last week that those are unbiblical terms. There's nowhere in Scripture can you find that God divides time into secular and sacred. In fact, we can just cross them out because all time is God's time. We are always on God's clock. All time is a gracious gift of God. Whatever you're doing and wherever you're doing it, we're on God's time. Whether you're at home, whether you're at school, whether you're hanging out with your friends, whether you're interacting on social media, whether you're singing praises when we gather together, whether, whether, whether you're doing your devotions, whether you're watching the Steelers whip up on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't matter. It's all God's time. All time is a gracious gift of God. It is from him and it's for him. Now today, we want to talk about talents. And most of the time when we talk about talents and, and when, when we've done sermons on stewardship before, when we get to talents, I always go to uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, or Ephesians 4. And in those passages, there is a list of what we call spiritual gifts. Those are the gifts we talk about God giving us in order to serve others. And that's true. But I want us to look at 
those gifts a little differently today. Behind every gift, again, whether it's leadership or administration or hospitality or intercession or, or service or, 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 or generosity, whatever the gift, behind every gift, there are seven things. And I'd like for us to think about those seven things by using the acronym TALENTS. Behind every gift, there are these seven things. There's training that God gives us. There's assets that God gives us. There's longings. There's experience. There's network. There's temperament. There's skills. Let's let's think through this. Behind every gift that we do, God wires us in this way where he gives us certain training you have your education and, 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 and your development on the job and, and your spiritual development. It's all part of your training. Again, there's no secular sacred. It's part of your training. You have your assets, your car, your home, your, your portfolio, your, your savings, your, your, your salary, all the assets that God has given you. That comes from him. You have your longings. Who was it that put in your heart that desire, that passion that drives you, that causes you to want to do certain things? You have your experiences. Some experiences are difficult. Some of you have been through some tough stuff in your life. Some of you have great joy. Some of, for all of us, it's a mixture of both, right? But God doesn't waste our time, and so he uses all those experiences. Network. No one has your network of family and friends. You're it. You're the only one that has that specific network, that special network. Temperament. Your personality. That's God given to you. Yeah, it's developed over time, and there's some different things to it, but God gives you your, your temperament and your skills, whether, whether they're natural skills. Some people are just naturally good at stuff. Others, they're acquired skills. Whether they're natural or acquired, God gives you your skills. So think about that. Our gifts are this mix of our training, our assets, our longings, our experience, our network, our temperament, and our skills. Now, to build that framework from Scripture, because we always want to build it from Scripture, I want us to look at two passages. I want us to look at one we looked at last time, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 10. Let's look at that again, a little different slant this time. And then I want us to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. So let's start with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For by grace, uh, 8 8 through 10. For by grace, you've been saved through faith, right? For by grace... And this is not of your own doing, so you did not save yourself. God did. You didn't work your way to him. It is a gift of grace. It is a gift of God. It is not the result of works, so no one can boast. Now, Paul adds, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works and when did God prepare those good works? Well, he prepared them beforehand or, beforehand or in advance that we should walk in them or that we should do them or that we should live in them. Let's just think through that. This passage says you are God's special work of art. There is no one like you. Think about that. No one like you. You are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. No one on planet Earth has your mix of training and assets and longing and experience and network 
and temperament and skills. <clears throat> You're the only one that has that. No one has been wired like that. Just you. And God made you special. He made you in that special way. He wired you in that way because he had these good works for you to do. He planned those good works in eternity past. He planned those good works in advance. He didn't wait for you to be born. In his eternal mind, he knew what those good works were going to be. And he prepared them in advance so that you could walk in them. And then at some time in your life, I don't know if it's when you were four or 14 or 40 or 80, but at some time in your life, he created you in Christ Jesus. He made you a new creature. He transformed you from the inside out. That's when you became a Christian. That's when, I mean, you can say it in a lot of different ways. That's when I accepted Christ. I invited Christ into my heart. A lot of different ways people say it, but point is God created you in Christ Jesus. He knew exactly when he was going to create you in Christ Jesus, and he had been in at work in your life all along because he never wastes our time, giving you all the talents that you need. 1 Peter 4.10, let's look at that. Now that you're a believer, this is written to believers, as each, not some, but every person, every believer, has received, that is, God has given it to you, a gift, at least one gift, then we should use it to serve one another. Not hoard it, but use it to serve one another because that's what good stewards do. As good stewards of God's varied grace. So God has given you a gift. What is that gift? It is the mix. It's the mix of your talents, your training, your assets, your longings, your experience, your network of friends and family, your temperament, your skills. And you say, wait a second. My education was very secular. No, we don't use that word anymore, right? It may have been in a place that was not Christian, but since you're on God's time and God was working in your life, it's not secular, it's all His training for you. It wasn't wasting your time, He was using that. He was using every bit of it, you're on God's clock. When you say, yeah, but I didn't come to Christ until I was like 35 years old. So what about all that other time before that? That's a great question. Let's talk about that. So let's just think. Here's our timeline, right? Our lifetime. You're born and die. It's pretty, pretty short, isn't it? So let's say we come to Christ when we're 35. Let's just use that as an example. Before you came to Christ, by the way, is God sovereign? He is, right? Is he all-knowing? He is. Did he know when, you were gonna, when he was going to create you in Christ Jesus? Pretty sure. No, I'm not pretty sure. I'm certain. Uh, did he know the good works he had prepared in advance for you to do? Yeah. So even before he created you in Christ Jesus, could it be 
that he was just as much at work in your life, getting you ready, as he is now. Could it be that all your training and all your assets and all your longings and all your experience and all those networks of friends and all your and the temperament and all your skills that he was using that and preparing you during this stage and then at this point you trusted in Jesus Christ alone and you know what he did he didn't say I'm going to erase the first 35 years of your life he said you know what I'm redeeming it I'm going to use it I haven't been wasting your time I knew all along that you needed those training and I knew all along you were going to need those asses I knew all along I put that yearning in your heart I'm redeeming it see here the difference is during this time we did all this for ourselves, right it's our education we got accepted into that school and this is a money we earned this is a drive we have we're a driven person these are the experience that we have here's our network of friends and we like to tell about it there's our personality here are our skills. It's all about us. But then we were created in Christ Jesus. And God said, you just thought it was about you. It's all about me. Now we use all those things for him, not for ourselves. Now all time is God's time. And so when we think about our training, we say, how can we use that for God? And when we think about our assets, how can we use that for God? How can I take my drive and make certain that I'm doing what God wants me to do? Because he's created these good works for me to do. He prepared in advance for me to do. He gave me all these talents. Now he wants me to be about it. Let's think about that in a person in Scripture. We We could use a lot of examples, but let's just use Peter. Okay, Apostle Peter. Now, everything we read about him in Scripture, he was an outspoken individual, right? While Jesus was on earth, Jesus obviously was the leader of the disciples, but Peter was the kind of the human leader. And when Jesus uh, was on the cross, it was Peter who, who, who got all the disciples together. And when Jesus was in the grave, it was Peter who got all the disciples together. And when, and when Jesus ascended, it was Peter who, who had him there, and Peter was the leader of those guys. Uh, Peter, when the church got started, he's the one who, who, he's initiating things. In Acts 2, man, he's the one preaching. Now, let's think about Peter. What, what talents did he have before God redeemed him, before he created him? Well, here are some things we know about Peter. We know that Peter was a small business owner. He had a fishing company. So he was a man who was a little bit of an entrepreneur, right? He didn't join someone else's fishing company. He started his own. He liked to strike out on his own. Now, if you're a small business owner, if you're a business owner, period, you know how much work that takes, right? Peter was a hard worker. He had to make it happen. He had to set the schedule. He had to set the agenda. He had to make sure the guys were there on time. He had to deal with issues. He had to deal with conflict. He was the leader of that company. You guys know that. He had to meet payroll. He had to do all the administrative stuff. He had to hire people. He had to have a good eye for 
had a good read of people, right? Because he had to hire the right person. You don't want to be out on a boat with the wrong person. He was a, he was a teacher. He had, to, he had to get those guys on there and say, hey, here's how you use the net, and, and here's where we put it down, and, and, and here's, 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 here's how long we leave it down, and here's a good place. He had to get along with others. The Sea of Galilee, where he did most of his fishing, had a lot of fishing boats out there. You got you to work well with other people. And then, he, and then when they brought all the fish in, what did he have to do with the fish? He had to sell the fish. So he was a bit of a salesman. He, he knew how to make a sale. Now think about that. God used every bit of his talents and his assets and his longings and his experience and his network and his temperament and his skills. And then in Matthew chapter 4, 19, called Peter and his brother and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And we see that the same things that Peter did before he came to Christ, now redeemed, are the things he does afterwards, right? He's the one, he's an entrepreneur. He's the one who initiates this new movement called Christianity. He's a leader. He's the guy who gets churches started all over the place. Peter is an evangelist. He's a salesman. He's an evangelist. He's the one who, who shares the message forcefully. He's a hard worker. He makes it happen. He gets the right people involved. When he goes to jail, he even, he even sings praises <clears throat> in jail because he has courage. He's been out on the sea in the middle of a storm, and so he's not worried about being in jail. God used every bit of Peter's background and experience to mold him and make him, and then he said, boom, follow me, created in Christ Jesus, and Peter uses all those things now to do great things for God. And he's doing the same thing with you. He's not wasted a second of your time. You say, you know what? I did. I wasted some time. I had some bad experiences. I don't even want to tell you some of the stories. Well, that may well be true. But I'll tell you this. God will redeem those things. And he may well use some of your failures, and we all have them, to make our heart tender to some other people who are going through the same stuff. Jot down this passage. This is a great passage in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, where Israel has sinned and the consequences of their sin are on them. But then God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restore you. I'm going to redeem you from the years the locusts has devoured. There's some years in your life maybe the locust devoured, but God says, I'm, I'm, I'm about redemption. I'm about, I'm about making all things new. I'm going to use every aspect of your past to make you who you are. I knew all that about you. I prepared the good works ahead of time. I knew what you were going to go through. I'm going to use every one of them because I don't waste your time. All right, so one more question. So we've got these talents, right, this acronym, these seven things. How, how, then if we go into Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and we see this list of gifts, how do they play in to the gifts? And again, I think this is critical because we get in this mindset of these are spiritual gifts, right? And then we get to thinking, oh, the moment we become a Christian, like voila, 
God gives us this gift we've never even thought about before. I'm saying no. God's been training us for that all along and giving us the assets and the longings and the experience and the network and the temperament and the skills. So let's think about that. So let's say you have the, and I'm just going to use this word for our purposes today, spiritual gift of administration. That means you're a person, you're a person who you like, to, you like to effectively organize information or people and or resources in a way that, that accomplishes a goal efficiently. That's just who you are. That's how you were wired. And when you became a Christian, it wasn't like you forgot all that. Now it's redeemed. And so you continue to do that. And now you do it for the glory of God. You do it every day of your life, whether you're at work, you're that person at home, you're that person at school, and you're that person who a lot of times uses that same gift in the church. Encouragement. You weren't like this negative, negative, negative person, and then you became a Christian, and all of a sudden, kaboom, you're like a, an encourager. You were always that. God, God wired you like that from the very beginning. You've always been a person who liked to encourage other people with a note or a phone call, always building people up. Oh, oh, always motivating them, whether you were at school or work or home or neighborhood. You're on God's time, and you've always been on God's time. Evangelism. You share your faith with others easily without forcing it on them. I bet if you have the gift of evangelism, again, God knew it all along, right? So he gave you all those talents and assets and, and longings and experience and network and training. I bet you are a people person. You love being around people. And you have, an out, you have probably an, a, a personality. Maybe you're not the life of the party outgoing, but, but, but you like to talk to people. And so you've always liked to talk to people. You like to talk to people about everything. But now, redeemed, you always are able appropriately to just ask that question that gets people to think or, or tell that story that says, man, man kind of directs a person's mind toward Christ. And then... Then they come and say, what did you mean by that? And you get to tell them about Jesus. Hospitality, you just like making people comfortable. You've always been that type of person. Now it's redeemed. When you're in a, when you're in a business meeting and there's a big table of people talking, you always see that person over there who's kind of out of it, right? They're not talking. And, 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 and you long to get them involved in the conversation because you can't stand to see someone just sitting by themselves. You, you like to open your home and make people feel comfortable intercession. You love praying for people. And, you, and you've always cared for people, and then God redeemed you, and now, now you know you can pray for them. And so, and so naturally and, and, and normally, you're not forced at all when people are going through stuff. You just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And you mean it, and you do it. And then you follow up, and you say, hey, I've been praying about you. How, how's that going? And then you have people coming to you at work, right? Because it's all God's time, appropriately. And they come and say, you know, we just got a call last night. My mom, my mom had some tests last week. She's got cancer. W would you pray for her? Now people are seeking you out. See, God's always been using these, these, these this, your training and your assets and your, and your longings, your desire, your passion, your experience, your network of friends. See, no, no one has that gift mix except you. And you have this privilege of now using that all the time to honor 
God. All the time is God's time. From God, for God. There's no such thing as secular or sacred. God has given you unique talents to do the good things that he prepared in advance for you to do. Using our talents for God's glory is our full-time assignment. We are always on God's clock, no matter what you're doing. Every one of us in here, we are in full-time ministry. I'm in full-time ministry. I happen to work at a church. You're in full-time ministry. You happen to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, a homemaker, a small business owner, um, a teacher, name it. Whatever you do, that's your full-time ministry. You do it for the glory of God all day, every day. Now, let's go back to this passage here. As you do that, there are some places to apply it all the time, every time, and there are some family needs here in the church. Each of us has received a gift and should serve one another. Again, Peter is speaking to believers. So, as part of your all the time, every day, all the time honoring God, one of the places you do that is in the community of believers. Sometimes you take the, the gift that God has just given you and passioned you with. Let's just say it's administration. You're doing that all week long to God's glory, and then you do the same thing in the church to God's glory. You use it in the body or leadership or teaching, or whatever it is. Sometimes, whatever you do, it just flows. Other people say, you know what? Man, I, I know people, I, 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 the CEO of large business, I, I run this business all week long, and God's given me that gift. I do it to his glory, but serving the body, I'd like to do something different. I like to run the camera, or um, tech stuff. I want to be behind the scenes. That, that's, what, that's where I get my joy in the community. And sometimes we just do what's needed, don't we? We just do what's needed. I, I didn't wake up yesterday saying, I can't wait to get out there in 15-degree weather and shovel snow for two hours. But you know what? Needed to be done. Sometimes we use not our primary gift, but we just use it in the family, because there's a need in the family. Uh, my primary gift is, is teaching and leadership. I've never been accused of being a craftsman at all. But after uh, uh, bef the year before I went to seminary, I started painting houses, and I had a little business, and I had a couple guys working for me, and then I went to Dallas Seminary, and I worked for a painter there who really taught me to paint, and, and I had a little business there. And so now, I, I, I'm, I, I've painted all our walls at home and, 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 and every baseboard and ceiling and redone the floor and all that. Is that my primary gift? Absolutely not. But it needs to be done. It needs to get done. And so you, you just get it done, right? That's what you do in a family. And the church is a family. The church is a family. It's a special family. It's the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. And there's some things you got to get done. We say, well, yeah, but see, 
I lead this really cool Bible study downtown with the movers and shakers of Pittsburgh. Well, that's fantastic. But think of it this way. Let's say it's summertime and you come to my house and the grass is about a foot tall in the front yard and the house is in kind of disrepair. And you go in and the place is a mess. And uh, our kids are running around and they're dirty. Dishes are stacked in the sink. They're eating junk food. And Lori and I clear a spot on the couch and set you down and say, we got to tell you, man, we're involved in this very cool ministry. Downtown Pittsburgh or homeless shelter, whatever, man, it's so cool. And we're, we're teaching the Bible and people are, people are growing and people are coming to know Christ and we're so excited. That's what we're doing with our gifts. And what would you say? Yeah, do some things around here with your gifts. <laughs> All right? Your kids are a mess. You may try some parenting skills. You maybe ought to clean their clothes. And why would you say that? Because in a family, there are responsibilities. There are things you just do. Same thing with us here in this local body. It's cool. You're, you're leading a Bible study downtown Pittsburgh with the movers and shakers. Keep doing that. That's fantastic. Don't neglect the family. The place where your kids are taken care of and place where you're fed and nourished, the place where you're cared for, the place where you expect us to do your kids' weddings, right? And prepare them for marriage and the place when you go through some tough times, we do our funerals and care and follow up and all the ministries here. You don't neglect. You don't neglect the family. I'm going to hand off to the campuses here in one second. But before I do, I'll just tell one story. I only met Glenn Stewart, who pastored um, Fellowship uh, Community Church. I only met uh, Glenn one time. Yeah, we met at a Starbucks uh, in, uh, in Florida. And uh, at that time, Glenn had already stepped down from the church, and he was going through, he was going through a tough time and just kind of telling me some of the symptoms uh, that he was having. But we, we had a great time talking about church, things that, uh, things that we would have done differently had we, we were, if you were, we were young again or things that we enjoyed doing. And I got to tell you this, I, I, I didn't know Glenn that well, but I know this. He loved the church. He loved the community. He loved the body. He loved the bride. And as you guys in Florida are going through some tough times, this is the time to stick together. This is, this is the time to do real community. This is the time to serve each other. We're going to give it off uh, to the campuses, and you guys, uh, pastors at your campus, can, can talk specifically about some needs in, in your campus. And here we're going to talk about a couple things. If you're brand new with us, if you're just getting started, or or you've been coming, but you've not taken the first step on the front of your bulletins, and this is going to be perennially on here. Next steps. One thing you can do is go to a Connect class. That Connect class 
is offered. It tells you when it's offered. There are four things that happen in that Connect class. It's going to tell you our history. It's going to tell you our doctrine. It's going to tell you our vision. And it's going to tell you the ministries that we have. You go to that, and then you can say, you know what? I don't really want to go to that church. And that's going to be fine because we want you to be in a community where, where God wants you to be. And if it's not here, God has a great place for you. Some great churches in our area. Another step is living grounded. Living grounded helps you get, helps you nail down the essentials of the Christian faith. Now, again, you are never discipled, past tense. We're in the process of growing. But you have to have a foundation. And that gives you the foundation. And so you can go to that. There are classes offered there. Or you could say, you know what? I, 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 I'm a, I like to get with people. That's where I get more information when I get with people. So find a place to serve. We have places for you to serve. Now, a lot of places of service here are for members only. But we have a lot of places, too, where you can come and you can get involved. And, and, you, can, and you can get into the community that way. So you've got three options to get going. For those of you who've been around a while or your members, uh, there's a card at the end of your office. You'll pass these cards down. My heart is for the church. Not because I'm a pastor, but because it's the, the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. You don't neglect the bride. Scripture talks about Jesus being the bridegroom and the church being the bride. And so when I read a book like, I love Jesus, but I hate the church, I think, are you serious? You love the bride, <clears throat> but... You love the bridegroom, but you hate the bride. It's ridiculous. The church is the bride of Christ. And so you love the bride. You want to be a part of the bride. You want to serve the bride. And we need you to serve. We need you to serve for an hour a week. We need you to step up and do the things. Now, you might find that place that is your sweet spot and that your gift that you have all the time just rolls right into it. Praise the Lord on that. That's going to be fantastic. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be great joy. You may just find a spot that needs to be, you need some help. The driveway needs shoveled, right? And you just need to get something done. And we have those opportunities. So you have a card here. I'm going to ask you to look it over. And to check it, put your name on it, drop it in the box, and then this week, someone from that ministry will call you and just say, hey, I notice you, there's no commitment, but I notice you check this off. In fact, if, you're, if you check out the children's ministry, they might say, you know what, just come, and sh- just come next week and just hang out just to see what we do, just shadow, shadow and just, just see what we do. You may say, I don't even know, Ronnie, you're talking, you're talking Greek to me, man. I don't even know where to start. Okay, good. We've got a Greek box. Uh, it's, uh, I would like to meet with someone to take the next step, right? So check that one. Drop it off. We want to help. On our website, <clears throat> they're going to be, uh, there's a whole list of things where you can serve. But, I, but, man, when I look at a list like that, I get lost in the list, don't you? Man, where do I even start? So we're going to put the top three needs of each campus on a, on a, in, a, in, a, in an updated way. So right now, here are our top three needs in the South Hills campus. 
We need help in children's ministry, preschool and nursery volunteers, Saturday night and Sunday morning. And we're pushing Saturday night people hard because sometimes Saturday night people come and don't serve. They're all a part of us. That sounded like, I I love Saturday night people. Don't you dare tell them I don't, right? But for any, any person who comes anytime and doesn't serve, there are people who will come on Saturday nights and serve and then come back on Sunday mornings because we, the need's there. So whatever service you go to, there's an opportunity to serve. Now, here's what you don't do. You don't serve and not come to worship. We don't do that here. We don't do that here. If you're serving, you're also gathering. This is a turbocharge. This is our worship time, gathering together. All time is worship. This is time we gather together. But you find that hour to serve. So back to the three things, preschool, nursery, student ministries. Guys, we need men. We need men to step up and be an example for these 56, that's the fifth and sixth graders, junior high and high school on Wednesday nights and Sunday morning table leaders. Again, there's training for this, all kinds of stuff. We're not saying you just go and show up. There's a process for this, but we need them. We need you. Connection ministries. People who uh, work in what we call our guest services, our greeters, our parking lot, our information desk. Uh, the, the guys in the, if I wasn't doing this, I would love to do the parking lot. Nah, that's, that's like fun. Not today because it's cold, but most of the time, <laughs> wearing those jackets, telling people where to go, that's, that's good stuff. Um, and we need people to do that. You don't have to be a member to, to be a part of the, of, the, um, of the connections ministry. All right? Those are top three needs. We need you involved an hour a week. It's family time, Right? People serve their families. You've got great ministry going on in other places. Praise the Lord. We're all behind it. We'll help you any way we can. Don't neglect the family. So check that card. We'll follow up. We are out of time. I have been a bad manager of God's time this morning. So, Kirk, you're waiting there. But what I'm going to do is, I'm not going to sing. What I'm going to do is... I'm going to give you a break, all right? Because people are waiting for you to pick up your kids, and they're the people that, that are serving us, and we don't want to keep them waiting. So let's stand and pray together, all right? So you can do two closing songs next week. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for our time today. Thank you that you are the God who started the church, this family this place where we can care for each other, interact with each other, serve each other. And Father, we pray that we will do it well. Be with us as we go and demonstrate to a watching world what it looks like, what it looks like to follow hard after Christ. Be with us as we go in Christ's name. Amen.